Welcome to the Artie Pod. My name is Kevin Yeves, and I am today's host. Just a quick introduction of the podcast itself. This is the podcast that the Alumni Relations and Development Department at Jumpstart, more on who that is later, wanted to put together as another means to connect with our alumni, young adults looking to have a career in education space. This podcast will have a heavy focus on education, stories, career advice, and more. For the first few weeks of the podcast, we wanted to interview alumni who also work at Jumpstart currently. Additionally, it is currently March 2023, so we thought we'd celebrate Women's History Month by talking about women who affected your personal education careers. And our very first guest ever is Cassie Silvas. Hi, Cassie. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Good. Having a having a pretty chill day. You? Um, I would say I have like the opposite of chill. I spent a really long time <laughs> working on things today and uh, have a, more things that I have to work on before I call it a day. So very opposite days we're having, me and you. Yeah, well, you're on the West Coast. So you've got some time. I'm on the East Coast, so my day is going to be over after this interview. <laughs> That's true. True. I still have like half of my day to go. <laughs> All right. Um, so what do you do at Jumpstart? Great question. Um, so I am the senior manager of research and family engagement. Um, and basically what that means is I am responsible for creating content for Jumpstart families. So um, making sure that everything that's included on the SMB, which is the site manager binder for um, site staff is up to date and making sure that that research around family engagement is aligned with the content that we're making. So for example, right now I'm working on the next edition of the family magazine that goes out to sites and goes out to Jumpstart Families and kind of planning out what that's going to look like moving forward. Um, today I worked on a collaboration with your department about um, Week of Young Child, which is coming up, and creating activities that are geared towards alumni who have families with young children in them. Um, so I'm really content heavy and creating activities for families that they can carry out at home because we are firm believers that families are children's first teachers and we want to empower them and make sure that they know that and that know that they are continuing the learning that's happening at home, even if they aren't always aware of it. It sounds like you have some uh, semblance of creativity in your job. Is that something you really enjoy? Yes. And I, I don't consider myself a creative person, but I think um, my experience as a Jumpstart Corps member kind of forced myself to step out of my comfort zone as far as being creative. And um, now I, I really do look for the times when I can be creative and really think about what would be enjoyable for whoever my audience is. As a core member, it was the kids. And now as um in this role it's it's the families and the families with those kids like what will be enjoyable to them what is it that they need and like how can I give them those resources in a way that's still incorporating the play that I loved and enjoyed as a core member um so we've both mentioned now that you were a core member um do you remember what uh when were you a core member I was going to say what dates, but that's a little specific. A year I is good enough. Specific. <laughs> um, I was a core member at UCLA from 
September 2014 to when I graduated in June 2017. Nice. So not that long ago. No. Um, what brought you back to Jumpstart? After I graduated from UCLA, I served in a different AmeriCorps program called City Year um, that is also focused on education equity. And I enjoyed my time in City Year and knew that I wanted to stay in the education space. Um, and I, after City Year, I went and got my master's in elementary education, thinking that I wanted to teach. And then when I moved back to California, I realized I I didn't really feel ready to teach <laughs> to take on that huge, huge, huge task um, just because I admire teaching as a profession so much. And I didn't think that I was ready at that point in my life to do it the justice that I think it deserves and um, come at it with the passion that I know I can and would want to do it. Um, but I knew I wanted to still continue in education equity and trying to balance that system out and address those um, inequities that are present in public education. So I heard that the site manager position at UCLA was opening up just a couple months after I had moved back to California. Um, and it was always kind of like a little side dream of mine to be a site manager <laughs> at UCLA, especially because like my last year as a core member, I was already facilitating trainings. I was constantly in the office. So if my site managers, who Maria is one of them, um, if they were out and I was in the office, like core members would come to me with their questions and I usually had the answers to them. So it, I kind of already felt like I was doing site manager things as a as a core member. So um I heard UCLA had a position open and I, I went for it and I got it. And I was a site manager at UCLA for um, two program years before transitioning into this role. Yeah, I think uh, when I started, we put on a webinar pretty soon after and we asked, we needed somebody to host it. And we asked you to be the host um, as recommended by Maria and while you were hosting, I was like, I don't know who this person is, but they must have been here for a long time because they know what the heck they're doing. I am a firm believer in faking it till you make it. So <laughs> seriously, just like, just like I'm, I'm gonna act like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, people <laughs> are going to believe me, and they usually do. So, um, so you talked about maybe wanting to be a teacher but not feeling quite ready yet. Did you ever make a conscious decision that you wanted to work in education or? Is there something that was specifically drawing you to being a teacher? I know that you're not doing that now, but like you still decided to stay in the education space. Is there anything in particular? I know you talked about inequities, but can you expand upon that a bit more? Yeah, definitely. There was actually a teacher that I had in middle school. Um, his name was Mr. Hurd, so shout out to Mr. Hurd. Um, he was my combined social studies and language arts teacher. So I had him for like three periods or something like that. I had him for like an extended block um, of the day. And he was kind of the first teacher that I had in my life that saw me as a whole person and didn't see me just as a student. There was a lot happening with my family during that time outside of school. And it definitely affected how I acted in school. And instead of assuming that you know, all these bad things that were happening at home were affecting my grades and 
like instead of I don't know he saw me as a person and saw that I needed compassion during that time as opposed to just kind of shutting it down and saying like I can do better I still got the you can do better talks but it was coming from a place of compassion and like care and affection um and I just realized like he was the first person the first teacher that I had had who did that for me and saw me as a person outside of the education space and that was kind of when I decided like that's what I wanted to do like I wanted to teach I wanted to be that person for other kids in the future who didn't always feel seen and didn't feel like they were a whole person until, you know, all these pieces of them were addressed and were validated and were valued. Um, So I wanted to be that person for other kids in the future. And even though I'm not teaching, I do still feel like I've had that opportunity in the different spaces that I've been, whether it was like with City Year or with Jumpstart or as a site manager, like I still had the opportunities to be somebody who validated like core members and like validated their concerns and let them know like I was in your shoes like I get it and I know how hard it is to be a student at this school and I hear you and like here's how I can help you so that way you can still succeed in in both your schoolwork and in your jumpstart life so I just wanted to be that person for other people too. That's lovely I can definitely identify with that too. Um, so now we're going to shift topics a little bit. And now that we've got to know you, uh, quite a bit, thank you for sharing. Um, you shared, uh, more than I would have hoped, which is awesome. I'm glad you felt comfortable. Making it till I make it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but our next topic is going to be a little bit more related to Women's History Month. Um, but also still about you. So our first question is, Can you talk about or highlight a woman that impacted your life? This could be a family member, a teacher, historical figure, or anybody you could think of. Yeah, so I have a godmother, my Nina, um, who's actually one of my older cousins. And we have an 11-year age gap. So when I was born, she was kind of one, the one of the people responsible for changing my diapers. So she has literally been around, <laughs> around me since <laughs> my birth and has been in my life since the very beginning. Um, and just growing up with her, she's definitely like the, the older sister I never had. And her never ending and like unwavering support with just everything I wanted to do um, really just empowered me to pursue the things that I wanted to pursue. I am kind of one of the only people who moved really far away from my family in order to like go to grad school and things like that. So even though it made her sad to know that I was going to be moving to Boston to pursue school, she, you know, let me know that I was making her sad, but also was <laughs> like, like, I support you fully and I understand why you're doing it and we'll do whatever you need to support you in this journey. And it's kind of just that like, she has consistently kept me grounded and made sure that um, I remember my own values and remember what's important to me when I make huge life decisions, like deciding to move across the country for school. So her her kind of support and uh, love has definitely inspired me for a long time. Supporting someone when it's, 
it's actively making you sad is probably got to be the hardest thing to do. Um, you mentioned your aunt supporting you moving literally across the country, <laughs> even though, uh, or your godmother, sorry, um, supporting you literally moving across the country, even though it was making her sad. Um, when I was in high school, I went to, I was on like a college tour and we swung by the South, South Carolina and there was a college fair and one of these schools in like Kentucky had on-site admission and my teachers and like friends peer pressured me into applying like I never I never looked into this college before <laughs> I never even heard of it before that moment and so I applied and I got in and then I came home and like a few weeks later it came in the mail that like you're accepted to the school in Kentucky and I was born and raised in New York City my mom bawled crying like tears flowing into the river crying. I was like, mom, I, I, I'm not even, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> and she's like, I know, but it's the possibility that you could go there. <laughs> it was one of the wilder elevator rides of my life. <laughs> what what a fun thing to happen in public. <laughs> like on, on the way to the second floor of Macy's, like right. things. <laughs> Wait, Macy's, do you know my mom? <laughs> uh, just had a feeling. It's her favorite store. <laughs> um, okay, shifting focus back to you. Um, I'd like to know how you sort of advocate for yourself and others in your life, in your everyday life, or in your career. I actually had to think about this one quite a bit. Um, and I think what I kind of landed on was the way that I've learned to talk to myself. When I was younger, I used to really talk to myself very negatively and just that constant negative stream of thoughts around the things that I'm doing manifested in like my performance and kind of like everything, you know, if I believe, if I keep telling myself I'm not great at something, like I'm not, I'm never gonna be great at that thing. Um, so really learning how to just like shift that mindset and uh, one of my former therapists really made me think about talking to myself in the same way that I would talk to my friends and in the same way that I would never tell my friends that they suck to start telling myself those same things. And, Great advice. Yes. And like learning how to be nicer to myself. Um, and as someone who experiences imposter syndrome, I, I really do have to work at that every single day and advocate for myself in that way every single day. Um, whether it's like, yes, I'm capable of doing the things that I'm doing, or yes, there is a reason why like I was um, put in this position or like asked to do this thing. It's, you know, people think that I'm capable. And, and so I am capable. And I just need to also tell myself that as well. Um, so one of the ways that I advocate for myself is just talking nicely to myself and being kinder to myself with more positive self-talk. I think, you know, either that's really working for you or you're really good at fake it till you make it because <laughs> you come across as such a smart, confident person. Um, I remember, uh, I think a couple months ago, we had a meeting, you and I, like when we barely knew each other. And I was supposed to teach you how to do something on like our website. And I'm sitting in this meeting and I'm like just talking and I'm hearing myself talk and I'm like, why am I explaining this to her? Like, she's more than likely significantly smarter than me. 
<laughs> I think she just needed to know like where the singular button was, and she's got it from there. <laughs> I think I even said that in the meeting. Like, I think you got this. Um, I don't. <laughs> I did get it, but I appreciated yeah. the walkthrough that first time. <laughs> I needed it. Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know. Maria asked me to show it to you, so I was just like, okay. Uh, so I just started showing it to you, and I was like, I don't, I don't know if she needs this. To be fair, I had never used WordPress prior to that, so I, I did at least need, like, a once-over walkthrough before I started digging around in the website. Good. Well, if you ever need someone to over-explain things nervously to you, I'm your guy. <laughs> um, okay. So you you actually kind of touched on this, um, but for our last question, I wanted to ask if you could travel back in time, what advice would you give to your younger self about your career and or what advice would you like to give young women in general hoping to have a career in education or just about their careers? Full stop. I would say my answer is kind of for both, like both advice that I if I could travel back in time, would give to myself and also advice that I would give to somebody who's pursuing the education field. Um, it's just listen to people who say that they are are helping you and take advantage of it. So I don't think I fully understood that people want, especially people of color, like people want to help you get ahead and that there's nothing conditional that they need expect from you like they want to help just to help and I don't think I fully understood that until I was a site manager in that same position and I would tell my core members like you if you show up for your team and you show up for your kids throughout this year you can absolutely ask me for a letter of recommendation afterwards and they have and I'm so glad that they like took that to heart and they do it and they you know, then come back and tell me that they're off to these like great programs for grad school or they got the job that they were applying for. Um, so really just listen to people who are trying to help you and take advantage of that because it's it doesn't mean that it's coming with conditions. Most of the time people just want to help you and want to see somebody else grow. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think I think asking, having the courage to ask is like a it's a big deal. Like it's hard to have the courage to ask for help or ask for letters of recommendation. But if you can get there, just get there. Cause there are so many people who would be like totally chill. Like it's not even a big deal to them to like write you a letter of recommendation. They're like, Oh yeah, cool. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's all the questions I had for you. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we go? Um, no, just, Thanks for inviting me to be on, and I'll let you keep guessing whether it's it's me being confident or me just faking it until I <laughs> It's probably a little bit of both. I don't know. We'll never know. Nobody will ever know. Stay tuned. I don't know. Um, as we fade out here and the music starts to play, do you want to shout out that teacher uh, one more time? Yes. Shout out Mr. Hurd. Thank you for seeing me as a person and inspiring me to go into education. Yeah, I just thought uh, if if... Perchance, Mr. Hurd had other students listening to this podcast. <laughs> they might get excited and and show him, and he'll he'll know that he is appreciated. I mean, I've reconnected with him since, so I know he knows it from me. But it would be really great if other people let him know too. My my equivalent to Mr. Hurd, uh, Mr. Kevin Boltz, 
I've never been able to reconnect with him again. He like moved to Portland when I was a kid. And I wish so much that I could tell him how much of a difference he's made for me. Um, so yeah, Maybe shout, shout out to shout Maybe out to teachers making a difference. Mm-hmm. And and give people their flowers before it's too late. Yes, definitely give people their flowers while you can. All right. Well, thank you. We're gonna sign off here and keep listening to the Artie Pod. <laughs> If you heard the first episode, you'd know that we have no idea how to sign off. I told Maria you all should just, like, come up with different ways to say bye and, like, just try to stop (laughs) each other each time. (laughs) Like, see you later, alligator. (laughs) In a while, crocodile. Hasta la vista. (laughs) Hasta mañana. Go with God. (laughs) Assalamu alaikum. Hasta luego. <laughs> I, think, I think you got it. You stumped me. <laughs>